Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello. So today is a kind of part two to... um, the previous episode a couple weeks ago. So in that episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go back and listen to that one because that will uh, be a nice lead into this episode. But in the previous episode, I talked about why concerns and struggles around self-worth are so common with attachment trauma. So that will give you information on the why and the what that I'm talking about. And in today's episode, I talk about what we can do to reconnect to our self-worth and some some healing around those self-worth attachment wounds. If you haven't listened to episode 40, so in, in the last episode, I talked about how my episode 39 and episode 40 talks about what attachment trauma is, as well as tools and skills that we can use for healing. So episode 40 is going to be more of a general, hey, what are some steps that we can take in healing these attachment wounds? But today is going to focus just on the self-worth piece. So it really builds on that. So in that episode, I talked a lot about how therapy can be really important and helpful. And I'll reiterate that today for sure um, in in the self-worth context. But I talk about how therapy is really important, um, how honoring and figuring out our boundaries can be really helpful building safe and supportive relationships, and building that relationship with the self. So those are kind of the breakdown of those skills, but you'll get a lot more information in episode 40. So if you haven't listened to that, or if you need a refresher, you can head back to that one. And this is going to build on that for specific self-worth skills. Uh, So again, self-worth and struggling with feeling confident in who we are and taking up space is really common with attachment trauma or complex trauma because that kind of trauma impacts how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about the world, and how we feel about taking up space in the world. So the first step here is going to really be to identify the narratives and some of these false beliefs that we have. So if you had caregivers or attachment figures, um, whether it be chronic invalidation from them or pressures for perfection, different pieces like that, you probably have some stories that you tell yourself around being worthy and being accepted. So these might be like, I'm not good enough if I don't do this perfectly People won't accept me if I don't do as they expect. I'm worthless if I can't do it all. Right? So there are these narratives, these stories that we tell ourselves. And I think one piece, if, if you don't know these narratives, if you're not familiar with like, what do I commonly tell myself when I struggle with self-worth in these attachment um, realms, you might start off by just journaling just reflecting. So maybe you kind of take a moment every day to just say, okay, where was my self-worth today? What was I telling myself about it? Or maybe just in moments where you know you're struggling with self-worth, write out, what am I thinking? 
even if you can logically challenge it and know that it's not factual, right? Maybe you know, okay, I don't have to be perfect to be loved. Even when you're logically challenging it, still pay attention to it. Still get curious about it. I think for me, uh, that's one thing that um, has been really helpful in my therapy. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other fellow therapists can relate to this or people who have done a lot of work in their own growth can relate to sometimes when we show up with our therapist, um, we maybe know the skills we should be practicing or we know how to challenge it. And we try to come off really skillful. So, you know, I might say like, okay, here's what I'm feeling, but you know, logically I know that's not true. Right. And so in that, I'm kind of invalidating the feeling that comes there. So what you're going to be working on here is validating the feeling, holding space for that. While you can also not believe this myth or the narrative, the false narrative that's showing up, you can still hold space for, yep, while I know it's not true, it's still popping up for me and it's having an impact on how I feel, how I'm feeling about myself or how I'm feeling about a situation. So whether you logically know that it's false or if you're fully believing it, like pay attention to it, get curious in it. And here's where you might journal on, okay, where did this narrative come from, right? Looking at the situations that impacted it. And it might be situations that happened in early childhood, or it might be situations that happened with significant attachment figures or partners or close friends throughout the years. Um, But process these in in a lot of different spaces. So you might process it via journaling, just kind of reflecting and, and writing out some of those pieces. Or, you know, as I always recommend, talking with a therapist can be really helpful here. Um, Again, sometimes we think we can uh, DIY our healing, and sometimes there's things that we can do, right? We apply a skill and it works really well, and that's great. Um, But I know for myself, who spent many years trying to DIY my own healing, uh, when I actually worked on these things with a therapist, even the things that I thought I knew... Uh, it was really helpful to have that space held by someone else. And, and that really working through that relationship can be really helpful with the self-worth. So whether you're talking this through with a therapist or a really trusted family member or friend or a partner, if they can be really supportive there, um, processing it with someone else who is going to hold space for us, who is going to validate us is a way that we can really show ourselves and practice, I am worthy of taking up space. And and I'll get a little bit more into the actions of this self-care and self-worth piece, but kind of bringing it back to the narratives, identify, okay, what are these beliefs that I tell myself? And then you want to build some healthier narratives for yourself, ones that feel a little more authentic, ones that feel more comforting, more supportive, ones that are going to work for you better, right? So expecting yourself to be perfect and having a narrative around that is probably not helpful. When I expect myself to be perfect, I tend to beat myself up about stuff. um, And then I tend to avoid what it is that I'm doing, right? I'm either working myself so hard 
and getting burnt out that I end up having to quit whatever it is or I avoid it because I know it's going to feel so uncomfortable if I expect myself to be perfect, to be worthy. So create some some different stories, some different narratives, and these are going to feel like affirmations or supportive statements. So a few examples that you can, you know, borrow or adapt for yourself and please do make them really specific for you. Um, Some examples might be being human means that I can't be perfect. My humanness is worthy of acceptance. I value learning and growing. It's okay to have room to grow. Just as I see others inherently worthy, I see myself as inherently worthy. So here we're just building narratives that can challenge some of the false narratives. So these stories that we believe from our upbringing or from our attachment wounds, we want to recreate some different narratives that that kind of challenge it, but more so just really support us and hold space for us. Um, And practice these as much as possible because we cannot control how frequently or how intensely these uh, false or unsupportive narratives pop up in our mind. If you've ever practiced mindfulness or meditation, you know that we cannot control our thoughts. Uh, We can do lots of practices and skills that might help um, over time nurture our thoughts to be more supportive for us. But we cannot control them, especially not in the moment. But even when we're doing these long-term practices, we cannot control our thoughts. Sometimes thoughts just come in and they go out and they do their thing. So, you know, I think knowing that you don't have to heal perfectly. So I think sometimes if we struggle with self-worth stuff and we have high expectations for ourselves, we might be practicing these new narratives and, okay, I'm trying to bring it in. And then one of these old ones might pop up and then we might get on our case because we're not healing perfectly because these old narratives are popping up and we say, oh gosh, like why is this showing up? I'm working so hard. And so when that happens, remind yourself that you are human. You cannot control your thoughts. Thoughts are kind of a powerful little thing and they do their own thing. And so what we can do is we can pause be curious, be open, and and notice when unhelpful narratives show up. We might notice them right away. We might notice them the next day and be like, ooh, that was a tough day, and now I'm a little more aware of what was going on. So it doesn't really matter when you notice it, but it matters how you respond once you do notice it. So be open to it, be curious, and then compassionately bring in an affirming narrative that feels so much more supportive. And this might be, again, something that you write out. You might have a little practice in your day, whether you start your day or end your day with a little journaling to just write out these affirmations, or maybe you just do it whenever you're needing them or having them on a post-it note uh, next to your desk at work or, you know, whatever it's going to be so that you can remind yourself and be regular in the practice of these affirming narratives. And then not only do we want to work on um, more helpful thinking, but we want to follow that up with more helpful action. And so this is going to be starting off by kind of being curious about, okay, what actions fit with these different narratives around self-worth that aren't so helpful, right? So maybe it is, okay, I am not worthy of acceptance unless I am perfect, 
our actions are likely going to follow suit with that. So that's going to be where maybe we um, are working really long hours just to get the job done and setting these really high expectations about how we're doing it. Um, it might be overextending ourselves in our relationships so that we can be the perfect partner, or the perfect friend, even if it's not serving us. So pause to just explore, okay, how am I following these unhelpful narratives? What actions am I bringing in there? And then we want to try to notice that, try to not follow that. And here's where you're going to build some actions that are in alignment with the helpful, more affirming narratives. So this is going to be like lots of self-compassion through action. So this is going to be kind of like that episode 40 where I talked about, you know, pausing, identifying what our boundaries are, identifying like what self-care needs we have. So for example, for me, uh, this is something that I think I've grown a lot in, so I'm feeling pretty confident with it. But, um, you know, earlier in my healing of some of these different attachment wounds and how it showed up with perfectionism in relationships, I wanted to be the perfect, whatever it was, friend, sister, daughter, partner, all of these things, because I felt, okay, like I have to show up perfectly and in the way that other people want me to in order to be accepted. And some of the actions that I did with that were not in alignment with what I needed, right? I might um, commit to more plans than I wanted to. So I am more of an introverted homebody. I'd prefer to maybe do like one or two two maximum like social outings in a week, um, sometimes none. I like to just sit at home and, you know, maybe hang out with my people in a, you know, homey environment, but I don't want to have a lot of plans in a week. But when I was following this false narrative of, okay, you've got to do what other people want to be accepted, I'd say yes to things that I didn't want to do, right? Um... And sometimes it also made me not such a great friend, right? Like sometimes to be accepted by one friend, I might pull myself away from other relationships and maybe not do things that were aligned with my values um, so that I could show up and be accepted in whatever it was, wherever I was feeling some pressure. And so we have to pause and ask ourselves, okay, what are the actions that I'm doing that aren't so helpful? And what can I bring in that honors the more affirming narratives where I give myself space to be human and I know my self-worth? And so this is going to be knowing your boundaries. For me, that would be knowing that I don't want to do a lot of things in a week. And if I've already made one plan for the weekend, I can shut down the other ones. And I can tell my friends, you know, if, if someone asks me to do something, and this is a practice that took a lot of time for me to feel comfortable with. So just know as you're starting it, it's probably going to feel really uncomfortable. But for me, it was, if I already had a plan in the weekend and I had another friend ask to do something, being honest and saying, you know, my weekend is already as booked as I'd like it to be. So I'm going to hold some space for myself on Sunday, but I would love to do something with you another time. Can we plan something ahead? Right. And so a lot of my friends and family know that I uh, like to plan ahead, right? I'm not often a last minute planner because I usually already have something else going on. Um, 
at some point in that weekend. So in the last minute, I just want to be able to relax most of the time. Uh, it doesn't mean people can't ask, but people will be understanding that I need some space and maybe need to plan ahead. And that's just how I roll and how I hold space for myself and my self-worth. So just explore, and, and this is going to be practice makes progress kind of stuff, figuring out, okay, what actions show me this self-compassion and honor my self-worth? And I, I don't think I can reiterate it enough that this is going to feel uncomfortable at first. Probably going to be doing some trial and error. You're probably going to be doing some skill building um, in communicating and holding these boundaries. And so that's why I think working on this with a therapist can be really helpful. My therapist did a really good job at keeping me in check when I um, tricked myself into thinking that I was being really skillful in some ways, uh, even though maybe I had room to really honor these boundaries I was working on. So if you need some accountability, find your person of accountability, a therapist, a coach, a friend, whoever that's going to be for you. Just you know, communicating that. And I, and I think that goes into my last skill is practicing owning your worth with others. So that might be being vulnerable and being open with your accountability people. Um, it's also going to be practicing being honest about the boundaries that you need to hold for your self-worth. And with this, I think, you know, and I tell my clients this, that can be something you build up for. Um, for me, when I started knowing that I needed some more boundaries around my time to to allow myself to not be the perfect friend and actually just show up how I needed for myself sometimes I would bring in some white lies right I I might just be like oh sorry I'm busy I can't do that day um because I felt a little nervous about turning down a plan just for myself that felt uncomfortable if you need to start there that is perfectly okay right? Um, if it's a harmless white lie and it serves you, start there. Yes, I think it's important that our goal is to build up to being honest and open, especially with the people that are important to us, right? It's, it's okay if we're not super open to everybody, but um, for the people that are close to us, if we can work on building up, being open and honest about it, and just owning this self-worth piece and the boundary piece, I think that's another great way that we really practice the self-compassion that we're internally practicing. So it's kind of this external skill that we're showing out to the world. And I think that just helps us own it. It cements it a little bit more. And with all of these things, the skills that you practice in, in your thoughts and the narratives and how you practice it out with others, it takes a lot of practice for it to feel comfortable. And I don't want to say fake it till you make it because I don't like that statement all the way because you're not totally faking it, right? Like you've, you've done the unpacking work to know that you need this and that it's authentic for you. So it's not fully fake, but it's kind of a like, okay, I'm, I'm pushing myself to do this thing that doesn't feel 100% comfortable or authentic or me yet because it's a new skill for me. And it's going to feel uncomfortable. Often attachment trauma has years and years and years in the making. It might have started you know, from the day you were born or, or from very early in your childhood. And so it doesn't get undone in a night. Um, it doesn't either take like uh, another 
20, 30, 40 years to start to feel some progress by any means. Like you'll, you'll get there for me. It, it took a handful of months and it took even longer for it to feel really comfortable. But I would say, you know, within three to six months, I started feeling like, okay, I'm doing this. And it doesn't always feel easy, but it's starting to come a little more naturally. Now that I'm, you know, some, some years into it, I don't know how many years into it I am, but some years into it, it feels so much more comfortable. And it's really only the times that I might be struggling with some more anxiety or some other stressors that it feels really hard for me to do. Um, so there will be moments that it still feels hard, even after you're well-practiced, but you will get there. With practice, you will get there. It's not going to be perfect because it's the human experience, but you will get there. And yeah, I think that's really all I wanted to say on practicing self-worth as we're healing our attachment trauma. And as you can probably tell, it is very multifaceted. There's a lot of different things that go into it. There's a lot of different skills we need to practice. And um, it takes time. It takes time. So be gentle with yourself if you are feeling frustrated with how much time it takes because that frustration is oh so valid. But I hope that this was helpful to just bring in some ideas to start practicing. And maybe you bring these ideas to your therapist or your accountability person um, or your journal to start. That's a lovely place to start too. So I hope you enjoyed this and let me know. You can always um, email me. You'll, you'll find the link to my information in the notes if you have more questions on this because I'd be happy to talk some more about it either on here or on my social media or whatever. So uh, feel free to shoot me an email or shoot me a message on my Instagram, whatever works best for you. And I would love to connect and add more to this if that feels helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.